to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. We are your hosts. I am Dave, and I'm joined as always by Ike. Ike, how are you? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. It's a little too cold here in Florida for my liking, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm toughing through it. Yeah, it's chilly here in North Carolina, too. It's starting to pick back up a little bit, though. It's uh, It was pretty bad over the weekend. Uh, much colder, much colder than I wanted. I didn't have to go much of anywhere, but I did run a couple errands, and there was frost on the windshield. I was like, ugh, I hate that. I don't want any part of that crap. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I know it's cold out there in a lot of places. Hopefully, wherever you are, you're you're safe and well and warm. Hopefully, everybody had a good holiday season. As you saw on social media, Ike and I shared a couple pictures of, of some of the horror gifts we got for Christmas. So hopefully uh, Santa brought you all something very spooky in your stocking. Uh, and, you know, and I don't mean like a whatever athlete's foot or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, do people even do, is stockings even a reference anymore for for things that people actually wear? I mean, I don't I don't know. Do do old women even call things stockings or I don't know. I don't even know if that's actually a valid term anymore. Your, never, your guess would be as good as mine on that one, but I, it's weird because like we don't really use that word anymore. That's right. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I remember as a kid, you know, lots of you know older women sometimes saying maybe saying it or something. I don't know, but uh, in my life, except for speaking about the Christmas item, I've never used the term stockings. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this has nothing to do with anything. It just popped into mind. Just it's curious, but you know, language is a curious thing. So. But thank you for joining us. And wherever you do, make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to. And then make sure you share and rate and review. And also support us by uh, following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd. You can find us on all of those by looking up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two, and Screams. Uh, as always, we'll give a quick uh, thank you out to Kayla and Monica, our wives. For all their help, support, research, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We had a uh, Ike had Kayla on a project today, working on a project for uh, a little upcoming thing we're going to do uh, in January. And she was uh, very helpful with that. So thank you for that. Uh, maybe some more info on that in the future. Who knows? I don't I, don't, I just don't know if we need to give every detail and itinerary of our lives out to our <laughs> listeners. I know we have probably got some rabid fans out there and I'd hate for them to develop into stalkers. I mean, that, that would just be too much. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's not the last I, thing I need. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think we're, I don't, I don't think we have a threat of that. I, you know, I mean, never say never. I mean, there's been some crazy shit going on in the world. So yeah, you never know, uh, but uh, we'll mention it again later. But as always, we do discuss movies in this podcast uh, among other things, apparently, we just discuss whatever. We're just all over the place. Uh, but in the course of discussing those movies, we will spoil things. Uh, so uh, you have been warned. Uh, so I okay, holidays over. We're almost to New Year's. Uh, did you uh, watch anything this week? Do anything fun? Uh, have a little time. You had a little time off. I had a little time off. I got a little more time off this week. But uh, what, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, obviously, if you're watching this, you probably already know, but we're reviewing re- reviewing a cool movie later. Um, I watched right. uh, Scare Package 1, the prequel to the movie that we are watching today. Um, I also watched uh, a couple of different things um, in preparation for our top three game. I won't mention them because some of them are on my list. Um, <laughs> and then in addition to that, 
not movie related, but I did play a new it's I wouldn't say it's new new, but within the last couple of years, new uh, horror game called Madison. Um, it was a game I picked up for Christmas. Um, it was a gift and from my lovely wife, Kayla. And it is uh, basically a kind of long story short. It is a game that you play as a character named Luca, who is being possessed by a demon that goes by the name of Madison. Um, and it's really spooky. It's probably one of the scariest, I'd say, video games that I've ever played. Um, but yeah, I finished that over the weekend. That was pretty much the gist of my spooky stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, man, I, I seem like I, I never have time to play any games anymore. I just don't. I, 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 I never do. And I, I've got, you know, I've got a Switch, which I play sometimes. And uh, not too long ago, I did get the Friday the 13th game for the Switch. Which I, I've wanted, you know, I've wanted to dive into, just, and I haven't really gotten to. So um, I'm hoping this week, like I said, I got a little time off. Maybe I'll play that a little bit. Who knows? I got, I got so many things I want to do, and, and when I have time off, I'm always trying to catch up, whether it's reading or watching something. Or and there's never enough time for everything that I want to do in my life. But uh, <laughs> um, and I, let's see, what did I do? I didn't, I haven't really watched much of much of anything outside of <laughs> working on the rewatch of Supernatural. Right. Uh, I just. Uh, <laughs> I mean, with everything going on, you know, with Christmas stuff, I was, I was still finishing up some Christmas things to watch and, and what. I don't I don't think uh, outside the movie we're reviewing today, which, by the way, is, as you mentioned, we're, we're reviewing today. We're reviewing Scare Package 2, which just came out on Shudder uh, not too long ago. That's what we're reviewing today. Uh, outside of that, though, I don't I didn't really watch much of anything. So uh, a little disappointing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'll get back on the horse. So Christmas is done. All the decorations are gone and packed away. It's kind of depressing. Because, you know, we had all the Halloween stuff out and then all the Christmas stuff out. And now there's just nothing. It's just plain old house. And it's kind of boring and it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of depressing. I I understand why, you know, get that people get that post-holiday depression sometimes. It's everything's so jolly and festive and bright and colorful. And then you're just back to normal. But uh, very, very true. I've not taken down my Christmas decorations yet. I'll probably uh, I'll probably postpone that until after the new year just because I'm, I'm lazy and I procrastinate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, we used to always leave them up to about New Year's and stuff, but you know, anymore it was just I'm always off. With time off, I just jump on it and get it done so that it's not hanging over me. Then I can just kind of relax. But uh, like I said, I understand why people get down. You know, it gets kind of blah. But uh, you know what? Like, you know what we can do to boost our spirits? We can play a game, and I know a game, and you know a game, and we play a game. Let's play top three. Top three. <laughs> All right, this week we are going to do our top three favorite found footage movies, and uh, this is a this is an interesting one for me because I, I enjoy found footage, but I wouldn't say that it's one of my one of my favorite genres overall. I, I do enjoy them, but like I said, I've said before, oftentimes found footage films blur together a lot for me, and they they seem very similar, and um, but you know so. It, this one, I mean, I won't say this was necessarily tough for me, but I would say that <laughs> outside of the three I picked and maybe a few others, uh, there's just not a whole lot that I uh, that I really, you know, ever kind of go back to or or would call that I, and, you know, super. It's not that I don't enjoy it, but it, like I said, it kind of blurs together a little. Right, but before we dive into it, let's uh, let's talk about found footage films a little bit. I pulled I pulled kind of a pseudo definition off the internet, and let's talk about this for just a minute. This is how this, uh, this says. It says, found footage is a horror-filled subgenre that posts what the audience is watching is a true story and that was filmed mm-hmm. by real people. 
the recordings have been discovered, quote unquote, and are presented as either the raw uncut movie or they they're woven into a particular narrative that acts as an overachieving, oh, overarching, not overachieving, sometimes overachieving, overarching story framework for the footage. Because the fictional crews are usually amateur filmmakers, the camera work is often shaky and unprofessional looking, and the scenes tend to cut away during the action. The acting is very naturalistic, and commentary may be provided in real time during the filming. And the cameras uh, that are often used in the quote-unquote found footage are often props within the movie. Um, so I, you think that's fair? You think that's fair? I mean, would you add anything kind of to the definition of found footage? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that um, the definition you gave is, is honestly 100% spot on. Um, <clears throat> I, I would almost add that, like, maybe not in the definition, but maybe as like a side footnote, a lot of found footage movies fall into the paranormal realm. Um, I, I would say that a good 90% of them are, are paranormal movies um, as I've experienced, uh, or I should say maybe supernatural, maybe not necessarily fully ghosts, uh, but there's a lot that are in the ghosts, monsters, that kind of realm. Uh, but no, yeah, the definition you gave is honestly on point. Amateur filmmakers found literally the footage is found and then it's usually pieced together or shown as it is. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd say that's pretty spot on if I had to if I had to give it a definition myself. Yeah. And um, like I said, found footage, oftentimes when the discussion of found footage, one of the first found footage films that people talk about is, is a movie called Cannibal Holocaust, yep. which came out in 1980. And it's often credited as the first uh, found footage horror film. Now, there were movies before that that kind of dabbled in it somewhat and, and, and did bits and pieces of it and, and here and there. And, and But that was kind of one of the first movies that people often credit with really having the objective of doing this. Um, so uh, now that we've kind of given some background, like I said, we like, to, we like to give a little background in case just to give a little better understanding and make sure we're on the same page with this. Uh, let's dive into our top threes here. Ike, let's uh, let's go ahead and let you start. What is your number three top favorite, whatever top three, number three favorite found footage horror movie? There we go. No, absolutely. Um, so I think for me, I, I have to start out with, in my opinion, what it, it is the pinnacle found footage horror movie. It is probably the template that has set the stage for the found footage movies to come. Um, my number three has to be the Blair Witch Project. Now, if you've never seen this movie, this movie, like I said, it's probably, I would say, the original, like, modern found footage movie. Obviously, you have the ancestors of found footage, like Cannibal Holocaust and other various films throughout the years. But if you talk purely found footage, I would say one of the most successful and almost, I would say, too successful found footage movies was Blair Witch Project. The marketing surrounding the Blair Witch Project, I would say, is probably some of the most beautiful marketing that have, has ever been created. I mean, it was so well done that people legitimately thought the people in the movie were dead. And they had to bring them onto talk shows to prove to people that these people are still alive. This is not a snuff film. This was just a movie. And and that, in my mind, means that the the marketing and the way the movie was done was so well done that – it literally made people think it was real. And that's the goal. Of, that should be the goal of found footage. I think in the recent years, we've kind of come away from that as the goal. But I think that that was always the goal of found footage when it was first kind of a thing. Um, because Cannibal Holocaust was the same way. Everybody thought that it was a real movie. Everyone thought that these people were really dead. Um, 
But yeah, my number three, Blair Witch Project. Love it. Uh, me too. Blair Witch is on my list. Uh, we'll get to that when it comes to it. But yeah, we'll just go ahead and finish the discussion of it now. Uh, I would agree. The, the Number one, Blair Witch, at the time, it came out in 99. Uh, you didn't, you know, you didn't see it. It really started this resurgence in this subgenre. Like we said, it's not necessarily the first, but it really was kind of the leader in this modern take on it. And um, I remember when it all came out and everything else and, and, and news coverage and everything else. And uh, I remember I was hooked in the initial two thinking this is fucking, this is real shit. They've yeah. really found this. And this is true. This is a, they've unearthed something here and um, it was pretty wild. And then, you know, you know, like I said, they, you know, after it came out and they sort of kind of, you know, letting the cat out of the bag a little bit, it was pretty wild, but it, it was absolutely pure genius. I mean, they had um, stuff on their website about the people, uh, you know, like uh, missing persons reports or whatever you call them and, and things like that. It was, it was crazy stuff. Uh, it, and it is a great, great movie. Um, but the, like I said, it's on my list, so it'll come up. But number three for me uh, from 2007 is Paranormal Activity. Uh, yeah. And I know this has been a whole – there's a whole series of films, and they're they're all pretty good. And they're all pretty similar in my, in my mind. Uh, but the, <laughs> but they work together. But I, the first one um, kind of just set the bar for them. And this is kind of what you spoke of where a lot of these um, dive into that paranormal stuff because it lends so well to this type of film. Um, if something is happening paranormal, there's things, you know, that you can't explain happening in your house, whether, you know, cabinet doors and, and door shutting and things moving or whatever it might be. Um, oftentimes when your people are like, OK, we'll set up cameras to try to catch this. Right. And, and ghost photography and all that kind of stuff. So paranormal stuff lends very well to the, to the premise of a, of a found footage film uh, and, and why there is this footage. Um, but, uh, I, have not watched, I haven't watched paranormal activity in, in many, many years and, you know, kind of going over it and, and came up with this list. It's kind of sparked my interest. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to give it a rewatch pretty soon. Um, but yeah, that is my number three paranormal activity from 2007. Yeah. I, I real quick, I just want to add to this the paranormal activity didn't make my list, but it, it is definitely an honorable mention. Um, just because paranormal activity, like you said, it, it, it definitely, I would say, it kind of refined the genre in a lot of ways, especially the paranormal aspect of things. Um, there are a lot of paranormal activity movies. And, and in my opinion, I think the first three are the most solid of the, of the movies. I feel like if they would have just made those three, it would have made a perfect trilogy. It, it's all about the same people. Um, but they've obviously, they've tried to make more and more and more sequels, reboots, whatever else. That's, that's the typical symptom of the modern age of horror um, you know, people just want to make more money, so they just make more money movies. I will say that the recent, well, somewhat recent uh, sequel, which I think is called Paranormal Activity Next of Kin, um, it was made in like 2020 or maybe 2019. It's on Paramount. It's actually pretty solid. If they were to continue making movies kind of using that style, I, I think I would like it. But no, Paranormal Activity, it's, it's great. I love it. Yeah, I, I very much enjoy it. Um, like I said, a lot of them I haven't seen. Some of the later sequels, I don't, I don't think I've seen the entire series, uh, but I have seen I've probably seen the majority, I would say. And yes, definitely the early ones. Uh, but, yeah, in this case, on my list is just the first one from 2007. So um, moving on to number two, what is your number two found footage film? Now, number two, and I, I, I was almost thinking that you might have this one on your list because uh, I recently recommended this movie to you. But my number two is Creep. Um, that's, my, that's my number two also. Yeah, number yep. two is Creep. Uh, so I actually recommended Dave watch Creep. Um, this was a movie I watched a good number of years ago because it came out, I think, in 2000, 
13, 14, something four, like that. Four, 14. Yeah. So 2014. Um, so it's been around for a hot minute. Um, honestly, this was probably one of the first, I would say, independent films um, that really sparked the success of the, oh gosh, what studio made this movie? It's the same studio that made all the Conjuring movies. Oh my gosh. Um, anyways, basically the studio that made all these movies, this was like sort of like an independent film that kind of spawned from that same studio. Um, and Creep is so good. It is, I would say it's, it has like that, that weirdness that just makes the movie so just beautifully done. It, it, the main guy in that movie, it literally, there's only three credited actors in this movie, which kind of, in my opinion, that's what makes good found footage is not a lot of moving parts. And the three people in this movie just beautifully made the movie great. I mean, it was just such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful um, creation of found footage. And I found the name. It's Bloomhouse. Yeah, Bloomhouse uh, yeah. is a pretty big horror studio. They they kind of dominate the horror market outside of like A24, who've, who've made some pretty good movies. But I would say Bloomhouse in a lot of ways really dominates the horror market. And this is one of their more early productions. Um, so I really I got to give it credit because it was really good. But what what did you I, let me let me spin it over to you. You had it as number two as well. Yeah, it's a you recommended it to me and it was, you know, told me as a found footage. I was like, oh, boy, OK, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> and I, again, I'm always I don't know why I'm so hesitant. All the, I, it's I, I feel like it's just because so many of them, again, they don't stand out. Right. And, and they get lost in the shuffle. And man, I love this. When I watched it, it was so fun. It was so well acted. And and it, it just it felt legit. I mean, it, it truly did not feel forced and contrived in any way. And it was just it was great. And uh, I liked it so much that when I finished it, I immediately watched Creep 2, which, by the way, is is really, really good also. And it's yeah. uh, it's not just like a rehashing of the first one. And it's, uh, it, you know, it's it's a good continuation. And, uh, yeah, it uh, man, it was it was great. It, it, when I we were going to come up with this list, I knew I knew it was definitely going to be on there. It was just where I was going to put it. Um, but, yeah, it, like I said, it's it is my number two as well. Uh, so uh, before we kick back to you for number one, let me get my number one because you mentioned it earlier. My number one is Blair Witch Project from 1999. I, I love the movie. Loved it when it came out. I still think uh, it is it is absolutely a groundbreaking movie uh, and cannot give it props enough. That is my favorite uh, found footage horror movie. So what is your number one found footage horror movie? I Man, I, I really went back and forth on this because um, there's a lot of really great found footage horror movies. There really is. There's a lot that can be done. Found footage is such a broad genre, in my opinion. Um, they have found footage zombie movies. They have found footage action movies. Just found footage everything. And when I was sitting there thinking about it, the first movie that popped in my head was a movie that was so creepy and so disturbing that like I went back and watched it. And I was like, this has got to be my favorite. My favorite found footage horror movie has to be The Taking of Deborah Logan. So... The Taking of Deborah Logan is a movie from 2014. Um, it follows the a documentary crew who is documenting a elderly woman's battle with Alzheimer's. What they didn't realize, though, is that the Alzheimer's wasn't exactly what it seemed to be, and it was actually a demon possessing her. Now, one of my biggest fears, uh, just in general, is is like Alzheimer's and dementia. Okay. On a real note, that scares the shit out of me. If I I, I hate thinking about it. I don't think that it's going to happen to me, but holy shit, that stuff, that, that scares me. 
So when you put a horror movie in the shoes of watching this this you know poor old woman deteriorate, and then slowly but surely you start to see these markings of like demonic possession, it starts to become sort of a surreal moment where you're like, is she possessed? Is she not possessed? And then by the time that you get to the finale, you're like, holy shit, I, I have no idea what's going on. And then it finishes, but it always finishes on a cliffhanger, which is which is always the important thing with these movies is that it always finishes on a cliffhanger. But The Taking of Deborah Logan is such a good movie. Um, it's a perfect amount of found footage and gore, in my opinion. It has a little bit of blood to it, um, which makes it just chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, you, I, to be honest, I have not seen it. And uh, it is always one of those movies that I is always there. It's always on my list to watch. And I just it seems like I never get to it. Uh, but as these discussions often do, this will probably inspire me to watch it this week, because uh, oftentimes when we discuss these things, um, it, it kind of vaults it up to the top of my list. So I'll try to watch it this week. Um, I do want to give a little bit of an honorable mention, because, you know, next week we're going to do our 2022 year in review where we are going to discuss what uh, we collectively think. Uh, we're going to count down what we believe to be the top five movies, horror movies released in 2022. And uh, I do want to give an honorable mention to one that was released this year called uh, Deadstream on Shudder. Mm, yes. Because uh, I, it was a movie that I was so pleasantly surprised by, and it was so much fun to watch. Uh, so it didn't break my top three, but uh, it is definitely one that is very, very fun. Uh, so that wraps up our top three. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about news and upcoming releases. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. Okay, now a few news items here to discuss. Uh, HBO Max quietly released a horror movie recently uh, called Adult Swim Yule Log. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, I have. I have not read anything about it, though, but I do remember seeing somebody post about it on Twitter. Yeah, they didn't they didn't make any announcement or give any press or whatever else. And it just it looks like it's a, a Yule Log loop and not a horror movie. Uh, but it, it's a movie. The movie will gradually become a bizarre nightmare of alien visitors, hillbilly horror, uh, David Lynch like surrealism, robe wearing apocalyptic cultists. And in the strangest, darkest twist of all uh, me- meditations on the history of racism and violence. Uh, I have not watched this. I, I being uh, you know that it's a holiday thing. I'm not sure at this point of whether I will this year. Uh, but it, it's it's funny to be the the Yule log thing this year has really. I mean I know there are always quite a few of them out there, uh, but it seems like there's been a lot of horror related ones this year. I know that they they put out a Chucky one uh, that from the series where it's like him sitting by the fireplace. Uh, I'm pretty sure someone it might have been fan made uh, did one from Terrifier two with the clown cafe and the woman burning <laughs> and it had that song. Uh, so it seems like there's been a lot of horror related uh, Yule Log films or whatever you want to call them videos out there uh, this year. Uh, and in convention news, one of the biggest ones in the country, uh, Day of the Day, I think they do, I think, five different shows in different locations, something like that uh, through the year. Uh, but their Atlanta one is coming up January 27th through 29th at the Sheridan Atlanta Hotel. Uh, days, the Day of the Dead's primary goal is to bring back the concept of the genre convention being a welcoming social gathering of like-minded friends and fans and not just another pay-and-go autograph show that has become an all-too-common and impersonal experience in the convention scene. Uh, it's chock full of special events tailored just for the fans, an active after-hour scene of horror-themed parties, and a massive guest list of the hottest celebrity guests, artists, and up-and-coming independent filmmakers. Now, just a few of the guests include Malcolm McDowell, 
uh, from Halloween. David Howard Thornton, of course, from Terrifier and Terrifier 2. Heather uh, Langenkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street. Kane Hodder from Friday the 13th and Hatchet. And many, many others, uh, including a, re- uh, a reunion, huge reunion of the Terrifiers or Cass and Friday the 13th, Part 5, and New Beginning. They got a whole bunch of uh, guests from those two films uh, that are doing reunions. So it's very, very cool. So if you're in that area, uh, I highly recommend you go check out Convention Now. Uh, and the toys and merch, uh, Big Bad Toy Store, along with Walmart and Amazon, now have the Nika Creep figure uh, from the Shutter Creep Show series back in stock. Uh, if you know, I may have to pick that up. I'm a big fan of the Creep and Creep Show. Uh, so uh, some birthdays coming up. December 31st, Anthony Hopkins, of course, from Silence of the Lambs and many, many other films. Uh, January 3rd, Florence Pugh from Midsommar, Don't Worry Darling. And some anniversary release dates of movies, December 22nd, which last week, I believe we may have mentioned this last week, but let's mention it again. The Mummy uh, with Boris Karloff is 90 years old, uh, or was 90 years old on December 22nd. <laughs> and then on December 29th, uh, The Orphanage is an uh, anniversary release date for that. Now, some upcoming releases. On December 31st, a Tubi original coming out is Terror Train 2. And as a sequel to the original Terror Train, uh, where the remaining survivors are coerced to take a New Year's Eve redemption ride on the very same train where a new evil awaits and the terrified passengers must once again fight to survive the ride. Um, now, Jamie Lee Curtis, I don't believe, uh, well, actually, I know, is not in this film. It is a Tubi <laughs> original, but still sounds like fun. Um, so if you're looking for something to watch that is kind of New Year's related, uh, check out Terror Train 2 on Tubi. And if you want some other things that are New Year's Eve related, uh, check out the original Terror Train, uh, which came out in 1980, of course, starring Jamie Lee Curtis. It's also on Tubi. Uh, there's a movie called Blood New Year that came in 1987. It's also on Tubi. And New Year's Evil, which came out in 1980 on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, I, I, have you seen any of those New Year's Eve? I, outside of Terror Train, I've not seen any of those. And I love Terror Train. I think it's a fun little movie to watch. Yeah, I've actually not seen any of those. I've not seen Terror Train, actually. Um, I have seen it before, like, pop up on... Um uh amc plus because I, I i know it's on there i think uh but no i've not I've, I've not seen that though i might have to watch it yeah you need to watch terror train it, it is a fun movie it, like i said i think we somehow i think terror train came up one time in another episode but uh terror train has the only uh acting appearance of david Copper, copperfield the magician uh, where he's <laughs> playing a character not playing himself i think he was in a few other movies as himself obviously but uh, yeah he is in this movie playing a character uh it's it's funny and of course, 19, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, this would have been, you know, like I said, very shortly after Halloween. Uh, so uh, check it out. Check out Terror Train. It's a fun movie to watch. So uh, but uh, we're we're buzzing right along. So let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to review our movie for the week. Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge. Remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. All right, we're back here on Listen to Their Screams, and we're going to review Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge, a, a Shudder original movie. Uh, it says, when horror guru Rad Chad Buckley's funeral turns into an elaborate series of hilarious death traps, the guests must band together and use the rules of horror to survive the bloody game. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, you can also watch the first Scare Package movie. It's also on Shudder. Uh, and again, both those are also part of the AMC Plus package if you subscribe to that. Um. I, I was I was so excited to watch this movie because I the, I loved the first one. I thought it was so super fun, and I, I just could not uh, wait to watch a second. And, man, it was a blast, too, and uh, I, I <laughs> didn't let me down as far as the fun factor goes. So 
Uh, give us your feedback and tell us a little bit about what you thought about Scare Package 2. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first and foremost, the first Scare Package movie, I want, I want to start there. Um, I, I, I've seen that movie. I rewatched it. And I got to say, I really enjoy the like the concept of Scare Package. Um, the original film follows um, our main cast and basically a video store uh, where they are watching various uh, horror movies that, uh, you know, they're they're not actual horror movies. They're just movies that they've created, um, and they're pretty cool. They're they're like kind of little cheesy little bites of uh, horror movie tropes, and you know they're really interesting and just I would say colorful. Uh, so the first movie, it, it's just kind of your standard kind of anthology type film. Uh, it has an overarching storyline with um, I can't remember what the serial killer's name is. Uh, something Lake Slasher or something like that. Yeah, played, um, by, played by Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, played by Dustin Rhodes, uh, a.k.a. Gold Dust, or the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, it's, it's a really good movie. Um, you watch it, you're having fun, it makes everything ties together cohesively. But then they came up with this one. I remember we actually talked about it um, not too long ago, and, and I was like, have I seen Scare Package? And I was like, pretty sure I had seen it, but I wasn't 100% sure. But I remember... You told me this was coming out, so I was like, okay, I, I'm going to prepare myself. And like you said, it did not let me down. Scare Package 2, honestly, it plays up on the best and the worst of the horror movie tropes in the entirety of the world. Um, it obviously relies heavily on the Saw concept. Um, you know, you want to play a game. Um, you know, and there's a lot of nods to the Saw movies, including, you know, a very famous door shutting scene where he screams game over um, as well as many other nods such as to uh, Friday 13th uh, or not Friday 13th Nightburn Elm Street part four. Is that the t- one where he's, he, he's like the TV? Yes, I believe so. Uh-huh. Right, and so there's, uh, it, there's just a lot of like really s- silly, but also very honorable nods to other horror movies and I love it when horror movies don't take themselves too seriously because this obviously this is supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to be silly, but it really just plays up on those silly tropes of like the basically the best horror movies that have ever existed because um, it's just uh, just it's so tastefully done. It's very beautiful. Uh, but if you are going into this trying to find a very serious horror movie or a very scary horror movie. You will not get that out of this. This is not super scary. It's obviously not a serious movie. Um, it is. It has lots of blood and gore. Um, I think my favorite part of this movie, and obviously spoilers, is they they have like a Hellraiser scene where this guy's getting his skin torn off, um, <laughs> and and they just really play up on it, and it's and it's great. So it's bloody, gory, funny, just very very tasty. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said. I'm I'm a big fan of uh I, I don't know I like cheesy fun movies now I'm not saying I don't like other movies that are more serious but I'm saying I I like those right I like movies that are just fun to watch and, and don't feel like a, a burden right that you're just it's dragging and um I, I like movies that put humor in it but that's you know that's not over the top or too too crazy or, or too forced and um and uh this movie feels like it. I don't know. It's got the it's got the feel and the vibe like it, you know, out of the 80s or early 90s. Um, it's just so it's so fun. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it, I mean, it, you know, it's it's got some gore and some slash to it and and, and everything. 
Um, but it, you're right. It, it touches on so many types of horror and so many horror movies and things like that. Um, and, and it does it in the concept with, you know, you, little short clips uh, that <laughs> that Chad's showing them. Uh, you know, it's got some twists and turns that, you know, you kind of expect. You kind of know probably where it's going. Uh, you got a hunch, but it's but it's entertaining enough that it's it's OK. Right. Or, you know, you're not expecting some big dramatic twist at the end that's going to blow your mind. Right. Um, but it's 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 fun and it was entertaining. Um, I think all the actors are just they're just great at it. I love I love the part with the bees. Where they had those masks and the beast and the one guy, I think it's the same guy that you were talking about with the Hellraiser with the skin, right? It's I think it's the same guy. Right. Uh, but it, but he starts dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't I don't know why he thinks the the dancing will keep the bees away or something. But just watching him dance, I was laughing hysterically because it just was so humorous. Um, I love Joe Bob Riggs in it. Uh, you know, he was in the first one. I love you know he's got a couple of appearances in this and and there's a a credit scene where they hint at him a little too but uh it's just it is so it's so fun the movie like i said i i was highly anticipating this movie uh couldn't wait to see it because like i said I, I really really enjoyed the first one and uh and this one didn't let me down i don't find i didn't find this one um I, it was just as fun as the first one yeah. and uh, and didn't let me down at all um it didn't overstay its welcome you know it wasn't like you know uh two hours plus because and again i don't have any problem with the long movie if there's substance there but you know a movie like this it's not going to work it's not going to work being super long um but again it was it was just a blast and one thing that uh, blew my mind when it got to it there was the scene <laughs> where they were talking about beer pong and the guy and whatever else and they start playing the song on this uh, on the movie was uh, was thunder in your heart <laughs> which i absolutely fucking love that song and that song is most notably known for being in probably my favorite movie of all time, Rad. And um, so it's not the exact same take. It's a different artist, but it's still an old version. It, the song's kind of odd. It, it's <laughs> There's like three different people that recorded this song in a relatively the same period of time in the 80s. It's, it's, it's peculiar. Anyway, um, when I heard that song, I was just I was going berserk because I, I love that song. And uh, so they had me hooked at that. I don't. I really don't know if they could have done any wrong after I heard that song in this movie. But uh, <laughs> but the movie, like I said, it was it was fun. It was just I enjoyed it. I, I fully enjoyed it. it. It's not a movie that's you know, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way. It's not a movie that's groundbreaking. It's not busting any genres or anything like that. But that's that that's good. That's one thing that a lot of times is missing in filmmaking nowadays. That. Everybody thinks they, they, they have to do try to do something so innovative and so right. just earth shattering. And and that's OK. But a lot of times with that, you're either going to you're either going to you're going to either succeed or die on that hill. And uh, it's OK for people to make movies that just just know their place and just know what they are and, and try not to over overextend on that and just be what they are. And, uh, and and this movie does. And I again, I don't mean that negatively at all. That's that's a praise. Um, but uh, I, I loved it. I, I'm, I'm hoping there's a third. I have a feeling um, that there, 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 there will be because I think <laughs> this movie is going to succeed pretty well streaming. I, it's getting a lot of attention online. Um, and I, so I think I think they'll do a third. I, I really do. And I hope so, uh, because I would I'll be just as hyped for that one. Uh, so let's yeah. real quick. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I kind of just made like sort of like a, I just kind of thought of something. It's like, 
I feel like a lot of movies this year have really done well, like in streaming, like even during like peak pandemic, um, a lot of movies weren't doing like good numbers streaming because I feel like a lot of people didn't really want to watch like streaming movies for some reason. But I feel like this year, a lot of the horror movies that we've reviewed that were streaming only um, had a really good reception streaming. Like I know Terrifier 2 had a good uh, reception. I know it had a theater release, but it had a good, you know, streaming reception. Uh, Scare Package seems to be doing pretty good. Deadstream had a really good um, reception. I feel like it's been a really just I mean, a good year for horror in general, uh, but also like a really good year just for like streaming, I feel like. It it is, and um, I think what's great is because I think horror is is custom made for this kind of thing, right? Because uh, studios are starting to understand the climate's changing in movies, right? And I know the pandemic played a part and forced some of these issues and whatever else, but I think theaters are really starting to get a grasp yeah. that they can they can balance theater and streaming and do different things, right? That they 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 don't have to live and die by theater alone, and um, and you're seeing the box offices kind of coming back in theaters and that's good. But, but I think the studios are starting to understand that even at that, even the big movies that are successful theatrical runs, we're seeing them getting very quick turnaround to streaming. Yeah. Because that's, there's a, there's an audience for that. Right. And there are people in, in, in my opinion who are probably now 100% streaming online people. There are people that I believe will probably never go back to a theater again for whatever reason, whether yeah. it be uh, any kind of, you know, a uh, uh, fear or, or whatever it is, or just the, the, the comfort that they have discovered by watching them you know, at home. And that's just their preference. So I think the, that, that studios and co- production companies are starting to understand that. And that is opening lots of doors and avenues for smaller filmmakers to get their film out there. And if they can get a platform behind them to put it out there, that they can achieve great things and, and, and get eyes on their product without having to get a, a, a theatrical run behind them. Right. It's hard yeah. to take a small movie and sell it to a, a theater. Cause there's only so many screens and, 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 you know, let's be, let's be real. No one's knocking the big companies off of these screens. Uh, you know, if, if, if there's a, a, a big movie out there, a Marvel movie or a Disney movie or, or whatever it might be, it's going to get screens and you're not going to knock it, take the space away from it, but you can put your little movie. And, and I don't, you know, again, I don't mean literally smirching, but you know, a lower budget or an upper or, or a newcomer, you can get it on a streaming platform. If you know, you have a good shot and um, you know, and again, I know people there's, there's, you know, mixed conceptions about shutter and different things and, and no streaming platform is perfect. And yeah. I know some people are hit or miss, but your shutter and bloody disgusting. And even the main platforms, the, the peacocks and the paramount pluses and all those band, they have been great support for the horror genre right now. And, um, and it, I mean, shutter, I, I mean, I don't know what, you know, people can think what they want about shutter, but they're hit, man, they're hitting home run after home run this year. They are really having some great movies on that service. And um, what's going to be great is seeing some of these filmmakers now dive into other projects. And as they start to get momentum in their careers, seeing where they go and, and that what they do next. And, and and it's great. I mean, it's, you know, I, I to me, this, you know, streaming platforms are, are kind of the new home of independent filmmaking. You yeah. know, there's just there's not the you know, you don't have the small as many small theaters out there that run 
you know, independent films anymore. Streaming platforms are the wave to go. And, um, and it's great. I, I love it because, you know, let's, let's be frank, you know, everybody only has so much time and some, you know, or, or, or income or whatever. There's always factors and you can't go to the theater to see everything you want or, or might see. And when you're picking and choosing, no offense. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but I mean, is a scare package too. Is that going to make a cut for your time to go? If you were going to a theater, maybe not when some of the bigger releases are out there, but you know, after dinner, sitting home late at night as you're sitting around. Yeah. Okay. I'll throw it <laughs> an hour and 40 minutes to watch a film that I may not take a chance on in the theater. And, um, and that's how you're fighting. You know, I mean, a movie like Deadstream. Um, I, you know, would I have gone to a theater to see that? Nope. I would not have, I, I wouldn't have, I just wouldn't have taken the chance on going out and, and investing everything, you know, it is to go into a theater. Um, but I watched it on a streaming service and, and I'm glad I did. And, um, the people that made that movie, though, if they were to come out with something in the future, I might be more inclined then to go see it if it were to be in a theater, because now I, I know what they can do. And uh, so you're right. It is. It's been a great year, uh, both big studios and big platforms and theatrical and streaming. It's been a great year for horror. Great year up and down the board. And that's why it's it's, it's exciting next week where we're going to discuss the 2022 year in review. Um, man, it's going to be fun and it's going to be hard to, yeah. to whittle this down to, to our five. And uh we will definitely have honorable choice, honorable mentions. I mean, we're going to have to we'll rattle off a, a decent list of movies to mention. I mean, there's going to be movies that we're going to have to talk and take into consideration before we were even doing this podcast because we only <laughs> did this podcast in the fourth quarter here. So um, and and I mean, even if we just took that fourth quarter alone into consideration, it would be hard to narrow it down to a top five. Yeah, so but, there's uh, a, there's at least a dozen movies I can think of off the top of my head that. Yeah. are potential you know candidates for you know top five you know what i mean that and that's just that to me means it's been a good year <laughs> it is and it's i and and, and i'm again not i'm not to bury the lead on this in our year in review and i don't want to i don't want to mention specifics here right but just knowing what i know about you and i and our interests and in our discussions and the people have, have, have they've listened to us from the beginning my gut says, I, I think we're going to have a pretty clear number one for 2022. I think so. <laughs> and I think I know what it is, and I think we're going to be absolutely in agreement. And I don't think it's going to surprise anybody. But the other four, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And like you said, I can start rattling off names right now. I'm not going to do it, but I could rattle off names. But I don't know how I would sit there to four, because if I rattle off four, then I would be like, oh, but there was that one. Oh, and there was that one. And then, there was that. And then I get this list. And I'm like, shoot, how do I trim this down now? Um, because like I said, you know, we got, you know, one movie that I think we were both really huge fans of that's probably going to take that top spot. So now we're talking about narrowing the rest of the field down to four. Yep. And man, that's, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Don't get me wrong. And, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to discussing it, um, and, and diving into each of these. And, and particularly if any of them that we didn't review, uh, make the list. And like I said, we'll also just, you know, we'll have honorable mentions and we'll discuss some of those. Too. We're not just going to rattle off names. We'll probably discuss some of those uh, too. So uh, it, it's great. And like I said, we'll put a poll out and get some people feedback and, and everything else. But um, I, I got ram on there, but uh, <laughs> as, as I do. And uh, right now, like I said last episode, Monica says, shut up, let Ike talk. But uh, no, it's, it's all good. No, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited for the 2022 year in review. I'm already formulating my top five. So don't worry, yeah. folks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be good. Um, 
And that's the thing. I mean, here we are right down to the end of the year. And, uh, you know, there's movies, you know, I mean, that scare package too. I, you know, is it a top five? Uh, maybe not, maybe not, right. but Hey, it's a name worth. it's fun enough that it's a name worth throwing out there to at least <laughs> conversing about a little bit for the year, you know? And, um, and I think about all these movies that we've watched streaming or, and man, that's not even talking about the big releases that were out there theatrical, you know, I mean, you know, the, I, you know, I mean, not saying these are on the list, but you have, you know, a year that had like smile and barbarian and Nope and all these other movies in this year. And those were big releases. Yeah. And it's, they were. it's, it's crazy. Not saying those will make our list. Who knows? But, uh, it's, it's wild. You know, I, I could, we haven't done it in a while, but I can guarantee you I bet a movie that won't make our top five, though, from this year. <laughs> Fucking Halloween ends. <laughs> Probably no Halloween ends. <laughs> yeah, pre- I, I, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that that's not going to be on my uh, on my top five uh, ever on any no. list. Uh, I may just throw it in the honorable mentions list last, next week just so we can <laughs> have <laughs> to mention it again. But We, we uh, can have like a least favorite movie of 2022 and that just be the only one. <laughs> yeah i still see i still see a lot of people on social media that that throw it out there about how much they like that's great i mean if, if you know that they loved it or whatever most but it's like every time i'm sitting there i get ah oh, man did we watch the same movie because the, you know these movies <laughs> these people are like hugely singing the praise of how great it is and i'm like i don't know uh, here's the, i don't want to dwell on it too much i will say this i did rewatch it recently and it, and it was better on a second watch I, because I, I mean, maybe it's because I was already disappointed once. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I managed my expectations, uh, but we watched them with the other three movies and it, and watching them all together, it, it does seem well tied together in some respect, but yeah, like I said, I don't want to dwell on it, but I will say it was better on a second watch after I'd already had my soul crushed. Yeah. Like I said before, it's, I don't know. It's one of those movies. I, I just don't even know how to respond to it. It's so right. It's so, but I did see a hot take that uh, online that said uh, someone said that the all three of the new movies <laughs> combined are not as good a movie as a, as Halloween H two O. Yeah, I don't know about that one, Chief. Uh, whoever said that might need a little. They, they might be smoking that good stuff. Yeah, again, I'm not going to put down Halloween H two O. I think it's a fun movie to watch, but I don't know if we can. I, I love I love H2O. I'll, I'll I never just, put down H2O, but it, it's it is nowhere near the same caliber. But you know, I don't I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we can hang it on the wall and call it the Mona Lisa or anything like that. But it's a it's something. <laughs> yeah, no, a but, Mona Lisa it is not. <laughs> but uh, that movie, oh, that, <laughs> I don't know. We're not, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna talk about that anyway. Um, anyway, so there that's what's coming next week. We're gonna talk the uh, 2022. In review, we're gonna have our uh, we're gonna we're gonna brainstorm and come up with a combined top five for the podcast, and then uh, anything else that doesn't make the cut, we'll we'll discuss as honorable mentions, and we will count down the official listen to their screams uh, top five for 2022. Uh, but before we do that, I guess we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. We haven't even rated Scare Package two yet. Uh, I almost <laughs> slipped my mind. We got rolling rolling on next week already. So, Ike, out of five screams, what are you giving Scare Package to? 
I think I'm going to have to give uh, Scare Package to a 3.5 out of 5. As we've always said, 3 is a middle-of-the-road movie, a 4 is an exceptional movie, and 5 is a borderline perfect movie, at least in my perception of the rating system. So a 3.5 means that this was a movie that was almost exceptional. It was just a entertaining movie. It was a beautifully done, uh, hilariously done movie. So 3.5 out of 5. That's where I'm at too. Three. I, I know that's that's kind of our baseline, right? If it's a, again, we have that concept. If if, if it's a three, it's just a, eh. It's it is what it is. Didn't right. hate it. Didn't like it. Whatever. Take it for what it is. And this is a movie that you know what I liked it enough that it's going to get that bump up. And if you're getting a three and a half out of five for us, that's that's pretty good, right? Because again, what we said before, if you go four and up, those Ben, those are those are top notch upper echelon movies. I yes. mean, you're just you know those are and we're very stringent with those ratings because. If you start to oversaturate with those, they just don't mean anything anymore. So that's uh, that's what we're giving it. We're giving it a combined three and a half screams out of five for Scare Package 2. All right, Ike, let's uh, let's wrap this up. This is we, we, we started to say it last week, but it's official now. This is the last episode of 2022. Uh, so we're going to put a close on the year, uh, our debut year. I know we weren't here the whole year, but uh, we're, uh, we're our debut. I think it's gone well. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I look. Uh, we're getting, getting, you know, the numbers are looking good. We're getting a lot of good feedback and interaction from people. I'm pretty excited. And I'm pretty, like I said earlier, I'm very excited next week to discuss 2022 year in review as far as horror movies. Uh, that's going to be a blast. So before we get out of here, Ike, anything you want to say? Oh, Lord. Well, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you uh, watch all the movies that we've reviewed this year. I think that would be a good way to get you prepared for our 2022 year in review. I know that's like 30 movies or something like that because we reviewed like 15 movies uh, an episode this year. But uh, make sure that you do that because you got to be prepared. You always have to be ready. I'm just kidding. But for real, though, uh, be ready for our 2022 year in review. I'm very excited to do it. And I think next year will probably be even better. Better when we do our 2022 year in review because we'll have a, a whole year of movies that we reviewed. Um, 20, but, you mean 2023? Because I, I don't think we're reviewing 2022 again <laughs> next year. Whatever, whatever year that we're going into, I, I, I've lost <laughs> track at this point. But yeah. uh, yes, have a happy new year because by the time we talk to you again, it'll be next year. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We reviewed quite a few movies, and I think I think one thing we ought to do going into the new year, 2023, it is just so you know, um, <laughs> since you don't know the year. <laughs> Um, I think we will probably each episode, unless it's just a, a, a specific situation, I think we'll focus on one review movie instead yeah. of doing like, you know, two or three at a time. Um, unless there's just, I don't know, a week where there's, you know, some big re- new releases coming out that we really got to hit. Uh, I think it just I think we, we say more focused than on track. If we just do you know one movie and, uh, and just really hone in on that one conversation. So uh, I think we'll do that. We won't just we'll try not to be, you know, again, we're, we're, we're just we're finding our footing still. And we're. We're hitting our stride and we'll we'll be a little less scatterbrained in 2023 with this stuff. But uh, <laughs> like I said, we're uh, wrapping up. This is the last one of the of the year. But next week, we'll officially, uh, you know, we'll officially put it to rest as we will review 2022, the year in horror. So join us for that. And until then, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe and have many pleasant nightmares.